Welcome to another episode of Wicked Smart. I'm your host, Lucas Bean, and I got my co-host over here, Brad from NFT Now. He's the director of blockchain technology. What's good, man? How you doing today? Uh, GM, bro. Just, uh, you know, kind of moving slow this morning. It, uh, it was like super nice here. I'm in Colorado for anyone who doesn't know, and uh, it was nice yesterday. It was like almost 70, and then today I woke up and there's snow everywhere, so. 70 what yeah, 70. dude it was sick yesterday it's been dude. raining so. it's been raining in la man for like literally like, it feels like weeks now it probably has been weeks is it's it gonna painful. rain all next week too what are we what's, what's the weather looking like for next week you for, know that's a good uh, question i haven't even lo- i haven't even looked because either way i'm gonna be here so um yeah i always have it on my like uh my weather reports from like denver you know i, I basically have all the cities because i have events in all these cities and i have to make sure like what the weather's at because I have different venues, so good times, man. This is a this is a good space. Look who's up here finally with us, Mintify. Mintify can speak. Can you believe this? It's been like literally like six weeks, maybe eight weeks, where he hasn't come up and given <laughs> yeah. his like his update. <laughs> What's up, Mintify? You got a, you got an update for us today? What's up? Yes, I do. Whoa! Wait! Wait! Whoa! 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 I hear some audio quality upgrade here. You have an oh, iPhone. Dude. You have an iPhone. I do, yes, I do. Oh my god, dude! Wow, I mean, cats and dogs living together. It's so. How do you how do you think I could tell? No, I mean, obviously, there's a difference. (laughs) I just didn't realize it would be that significant. Oh, dude, it's so much better. You are you are talking a little bit further away from the mic than you should if you're on speakerphone right now, Um, because that's what it sounds like. You're on speakerphone. What do I have to have it right in front of my face? You have to be a little closer to it. Yeah. Bef- in your mouth. It has to be in your mouth. Yeah. iPhone yeah. struggles. Okay. I got you. Yeah. It's okay. You're learning. You're, you know, it's, it's really good that you got it, man. I'm, I am so proud of you, bro. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I'm happy that you're proud of me. I'm just so surprised that, um, that peep that you just haven't gotten one in so long. So I'm really happy <laughs> that right. you have, I'm really happy that you have one though. Now let's celebrate his iOS maxism right now. You're going to be so much happier with that phone. If you get, if you get a, all right, draws, no, no more sound effects. So, um, mint. So if you, you're going to be so much happier, if you get some like iOS, other, like other equipment that matches that, like stop using PC and start using, start using a Mac. I promise bro, you. I, I, I have a MacBook pro. Oh, it, it just, bro. It doesn't work. With Twitter. It's, dude, I can't. I can't share Twitter threads through my MacBook on Twitter. I literally have to post it through my Android mobile Twitter app. Yeah. Like just, you're not, you're, you just, that's called user. It's what we call user error on your part. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's totally okay to be, to be new at this. Right. And you might have a MacBook pro. What year is it? Is it like new or old? It's brand new. It's yeah. It's brand oh, okay. New. So that's definitely user error. So I have a, I have a, um, an M2 MacBook pro. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's sitting right here and I'm doing all the stuff I need to do through it right now. One laptop. Man, I, I probably posted 15 threads from my MacBook and then all of a sudden from like middle of last week, I just can't post threads. It only posts the first tweet. Oh, really? Okay. So you have a thread, you're having a, you're having a threading problem. So, yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. yeah so you, 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 you can use, um, tweet deck. Um, you could also, uh, I mean, you're using it on browser and you're saying it's like not scheduling. You're not being able to tweet out threads and it's like tweeting it at like different orders or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Literally yeah. on the browser, it just 
you know, putting my threads in a Google Doc and, and copy pasting it on mobile. Yeah, Wait, that's right. a, you had that issue too. I had that issue like two days ago. It sucks. Okay. Yeah, that that totally sucks. It does happen with all computers, by the way, not Mac, not PC only. So it's all it ha that has something to do with Twitter. So, so I, if, I you, if you have an apocalyptic ape, that goes away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I recommend you know what you should do, dude, is um. I mean, talk to Evan and like upgrade to um, Hype Fury or Tweet Hunter Pro. Like both of those tools make scheduling tweets and threads and all that stuff and like coming up with ideas. Like it's really, really good uh, for, for getting that taken care of. And it's like cheap. It's like $500 a year. And it just gives you so much like more utility. It's, a, it's amazing, actually. It's changed the way I do uh, threads and stuff because, man, Twitter does do that, right? They break threads where it's like you, you tweet the... You don't know which one you should tweet. And all of a sudden the one that you do end up tweeting, like the, the first tweet's not at the top and it like always like spools out backwards or something, you know? And then you have to actually retweet the first tweet in order to actually get that first tweet up in, in front of people. So it's really, yes. yeah, I hate, <laughs> I hate that. And there's a way to do it. I would YouTube that and you probably can fix it. There's probably a tweet from like either the top or the bottom. And then you, like, if you tweet that one, it'll, it'll tweet the, you know, to make sure that the order is actually correct anyway just an idea but i i so with tweet hunter or or hype fury you can tweet and it like spools out like you could even time it so that it spools each tweet out like one, every one minute every three minutes so it looks like you're actually writing a thread in real time so it's like giving kind of like building up anticipation it's pretty cool so with that said why don't you give your market update real quick mintify and then we'll move over to uh talking to your neck here who's our special guest today who's an awesome dude, man. I want to know all about his game coming up. So, Mintify, take it away, man. Most definitely. All right, let's check this out. Let me just say up front that uh, blue chips don't look hot. <laughs> all right, the 24-hour Ethereum market volume actually up pretty decently from yesterday, 25.3 million, up 33%. Solana volume, a little bit more impressive, uh, 3.5 million, not compared to Ethereum, that is, up 66% from yesterday. And the highest sale, 109.99 ETH for CryptoPunk 8712. Past few days, it's been CryptoPunks. Um, people are trading the uh, the wrapped CryptoPunks a lot also now, I've noticed. Yuck. So <laughs> the uh, <laughs> top 500 is the top gaining index up 2% today, led by Wicoland, 0.062 ETH, floor price up 48%. Cozy Penguins, also 0.62 ETH floor price, up 47%. And Gutter Juice, 0.055 ETH floor price, up 45%. I was surprised to see that one with all the uh, the Gutter Cat Gang FUD going on. Maybe they they made a little announcement for that. I'm not sure. The top losing index, top 10 blue chip, as I said, down only 0.3%. But Moonbirds, 4.1 ETH floor price. I believe they came down a little bit more since I wrote this, down 9%. Clone X, 3.63 ETH floor price, down 8%. And Chromie Squiggle, 11 ETH floor price, down 2%. Some uh, interesting, uh, noteworthy market updates. Sewer Pass Summoning uh, has uh, begun for heavy metal. The Wolf Game Farmers Wool Market will open soon. I know that's pretty anticipated. And uh, some fundamental stuff. Tether dominance has hit its 18-month high amid the USDC depegging and concerns over BUSD. The Federal Reserve's real-time payment system is coming in July. 
And a U.S. lawmaker suggests that the FDIC is weaponizing the banking industry concerns to purge legal crypto activity from the U.S. I saw some um, arguments against that, but I think we'll have to see how that develops. I also saw something regarding, I believe it was Silvergate, how they stated that whoever was to buy Silvergate must cease all crypto operations from that bank. Um, we'll see what comes out of that. Wow. Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Bitcoin at 24,850, up about 2%. Ethereum 1660, up just under 1%. And the S&P also enjoying a little bit of green, 39.30, up just over 1%. So uh, some interesting stuff going on. Yeah. But, uh, mostly flat the past day. The crypto thing is the interesting part right there that you just said. It's like, how many of these banks actually did fail because they were invested in crypto, right? And they, and they like were invested in crypto or they invested in companies that were crypto heavy, right? And they were during like $3,000 ETH, $4,000 ETH, and then all of a sudden ETH dropped to like 1200 bucks. You know, like that right there, I have a feeling, Fanzo, get up here, man. Um, I have a feeling that that has a lot to do with this stuff and just people are trying to not talk about it. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Of course, I, I, we're speculating here and I'm allowed to speculate because this is a, uh, you know, an audio cast. Woo! All right. So with that said, I saw your hand up earlier for Sarah. I wanted to, you know, say what's up real quick before we go, get over to your Nick. What's up for Sarah? Are you, are you still there, bro? I'm still here. Just, um, <laughs> I was literally just grabbing a bite to eat. What up? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say you, you're such a, a tech bully. I had Mintify actually call me last night. That's tears. okay. That's okay. I don't mind being an iOS maxi and destroying and leveling <laughs> Android users. I will do that all the, I will fight that battle. I'll go down with that ship. I, I have I no problem with that. But, but I'm trying to Mintify. help people. I'm trying he to help in, people. He was in floods of tears. You know, I know. I, I know. Him. He's been, and, Evan, uh, his, uh, his, his uh, boss called me and was like, hey, I heard you were trying to, you know, get, um, you're trying to get you know my mentify guy to do it i was like yeah he needs an ios he's like you're right i got you bro you bet you're so right <laughs> mentify the guy who runs mentify is wrong you're the greatest i'm not that great i'm just joking <laughs> sorry anyway I'm, I'm gonna be listening in uh and i'll jump in whenever i can but uh as you as you know i've got a busy schedule today, yeah of course man. thanks for to say hi yeah thanks for even being here man so i appreciate it anybody that comes in hangs out with us during the day like this in the morning and you know obviously midday for the east coasters i greatly appreciate you guys are awesome so with that said i want to talk to yernick and yernick i got a question number one i want to ask you how in the world i can't follow you it seems like your account is, is suspended on twitter yet yet you're in an audio space i don't even know how that's possible like what's going on man yeah, I was honestly like, I don't know how I'm in here right now. I'm kind of <laughs> panicking right now. Like, I'm I'm amidst like a, a breakdown, texting every single person I know, trying to figure out how I can get my account unsuspended. And somehow I was able to join Twitter Space. So <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean, it's amazing that you're able to join. I'm really happy you are. Obviously, um, yeah, man. Let's move on. As long as we, as long as you got access to it, you can talk. Like, um, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're working on? Because like nobody here except for me and maybe one other person in this audience probably knows what you're working on. I would love to hear everything though about it. If you, if you don't mind sharing, of course. Boy, PSA, if anyone does have a.
Can you guys hear me? I can't even follow they, you, bro. They, they, All right, I'm back. I don't know about you guys. Anybody hear me? Am I talking over people? We can hear you. Okay. Why is nobody talking? <laughs> Hello? Nick was definitely talking, Lucas. Can you hear me, Lucas? I can hear you. I can hear everybody but your Nick right now. So I'm, I'm, assuming, oh, I'm assuming he needs to leave and come back. So leave the space, dude, and come right back. Oh, maybe... I can't even hear you fit. You break, you're breaking up. So I'm assuming it's a, on my side thing. Can you hear me, Lucas? Yeah, I can hear you. Can perfect. All hear everyone. Lucas, can... you might be on the other side. Hold on. I'm looking, I'm trying to connect to another Wi-Fi in my house here. Man, Wi-Fi is so dicey for some reason. Has any, has anyone seen the Xfinity ad saying that they have 10 G now? Uh, I have, I have like a half, I have, I have a half a G, so we're good. Um, hey, can you guys hear me now? We're good. I can hear you. Good. Let's do it. Is your neck still here? Can he, is he speaking and I don't hear him? Speaking loud and clear. Yeah, I can't hear him. So, hey, your neck, leave the space, come back. And no, uh, don't do that. I'll add you no, back. No, no, no. If he leaves, he, I don't know if he'll come back if he leaves. Like, he was, he was, like, he was, suspended. he was suspended when he came into the space, bro. So it didn't matter. Like he literally, I couldn't follow him or anything, but he could come back. Even if he has to come back under a different account, he can come back. Anyway, let's keep talking. So what's going on? <laughs> Brad, what are you working on, man? <laughs> oh shit, dude. Right now, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm slowly learning and teaching myself how to use procreate in the iPad with the pencil and you know, that sounds very, kind of that sounds bro. very blockchain heavy, bro. Yeah. Oh, I got to get away from the code every once in a while. Yeah, I know. No, I get you, dude. Your neck's back. Can I? Can you uh, speak your neck real quick and let me see if I hear you? But uh, yeah. man, not the elephant in the room, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us. Here's the deal. You you already probably said this, but but I couldn't hear you, which means like you know I couldn't hear you. So tell everybody here again, like what you're working on, who you are, kind of a thing. I know you're probably not doxed yet. I don't know if you are. Are you doxed? I actually am doxxed. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Tell us like literally everything about you. Your your like literally your origin story, all the way up to this project and the uh, like. What you plan on working on here and and building in the uh, next, you know, twelve, twenty four, thirty six months. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, um, as long as everyone can hear me, you know, I'm we can hear you, bro. We can hear Wonderful. you, man. <laughs> uh, I'm the founder of Retro Hunters, but um, prior to that, kind of was just a hustler marketer entrepreneur at heart um so yeah i mean I, I started off a bit young um i i'd always wanted to go to the medical field as my parents like kind of like ensued that in, into me at a young age um school was always like my forte you know 4.5 gpa scholarships to x school and uh yeah but it, I, I started to realize that it wasn't really my passion i started to like fall in love with random luxury assets at a young age couldn't afford it so i started flipping shoes and stuff to be able to get to buying those things and uh once i actually got to the point of being able to you know purchase them on my own that's when i really realized that 
my passion was driven elsewhere besides those assets and those, uh, those luxury goods. Um, so, you know, at a young age, I started reselling shoes. I started that, that really started to snowball into something much more like what started as reselling shoes got me into, uh, coding and software arbitrage and trading the sneaker bots and all of this and that. And, and it was a really strange niche. Um, but it was a super high demand product that I was trading. Imagine literally trading cards, but without having a physical item, like you're just selling the key of this car and it's through a code and you can email to someone. So I was selling these like $10,000 assets at a really young age. And obviously due to that, uh, the centralized banking systems weren't, weren't having that at all. Um, I, there was literally points in times where I had, you know, five, five figures in my bank account, wanted to buy something that was a thousand dollars. And I had to get loans from other people because my bank account limits were, were too high, uh, were too low at the time. So Initially, when someone paid me one day in Bitcoin, that's when I really like fell in love with the tech. That was in early 2020. Um, and from there, I just started researching, investing, trading. And as I'm sure you guys all know, uh, that was that was this was after the, the Black Swan COVID event. So from there on out, everything was like up only. And anything I touched turned into gold. And I would constantly tweet about it. At the time, I had like maybe a thousand followers from my shoe content because I was making YouTube videos on shoes and stuff. And I started to gain a lot of traction in that, in that space. Uh, kept on piling, kept on piling, you know, kept on working every day. And uh, it got to the point where I was in such high demand. I was getting reached out to by a bunch of these shoe group founders. They're like, dude, your crypto calls are amazing. Like, let me hire you and you post crypto information for my shoe group and teach them how to trade crypto and blah, 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 and this and that. Did that for maybe around a month where I worked for like one or two groups. And by the end of that time frame, uh, I'd, I'd obviously done successful to the point that over like 30 of these group founders were knocking at my DMs, like begging me to come work for them. And they're like, you don't have to do anything unique, copy paste what you're doing. We want your information and we want it like uh, authentically. So rather than kind of taking all those opportunities and working for other people, I saw that as like, okay, this is a hole in the market that I've found. Um, I'm clearly one of the first people to do this in the crypto world, uh, and I'm doing a great job of marketing myself. So rather than working for all these people, let me create my first business around it. Uh, and that was the birth of my first business, Crypto Club. It's still active to this day. It's a Discord-oriented monthly subscription platform that's based around teaching people how to trade, invest, uh, flip, store crypto safely, all these different things. Um, and yeah, it was kind of like a really cool test of it, of um, marketing, as at first the product side really wasn't good at all. Uh, at that time, you know, a great product can outweigh a great marketing team. But at that time, you know, it was really a great marketing and a great marketing fit and perfect timing in the market really outweighed the product side. Uh, yeah, and that's important, by the way, that's important to note that it's definitely uh, shitty products like no, no amount of marketing can help a shitty product. But if you have a great product, you can actually reduce your cost of marketing by like 80, oh, 80%, 90% because the product is so great and so useful to people. So yeah, I'd say minimum it's an 80-20. And I, I agree partly with what you said, right? Like no amount of marketing can help a shitty product. But I kind of want to change up the form, the, formation, the formation of that sentence. Like I think no amount of marketing can help a shitty product in the long term. Or at least it isn't sustainable. Um, but, you know, given 
how fast paced everything is right now in the markets, it's really not that difficult to get in contact with the right people, say the right things, create that FOMO, create that demand for something that may not even be there. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I took with Crypto Club early on initially. Uh, there were maybe like a few hundred users in the Discord and we released our first version of like a paid membership available. $75 a month, you had to go to our website, fill out a form with your credit card information, your Discord. It was through a, a dashboard platform. And if you were success, if you were lucky enough, quote unquote, to get a key, um, you would automatically pay and be admitted into the group. People didn't know that we had only released 20 keys. It could have been 20, it could have been infinite, it could have been one. Um, but within a one hour time frame, we had over 3,000 people who filled out their information, were interested in you know, signing up for the group. And that at that time uh, was like a huge eye opener for me. When, I, when was that? Like what, what time was like two years ago, a year ago? I would say that was early 2021, maybe like April, 2021. Gotcha. So like bull run, peak bull run of crypto, yeah. peak bull run of NFTs. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So from there on out, really just like continuing to scale the group. Uh, it got to the point where people were paying $3,000 on third-party marketplaces for people's Discord accounts that had Crypto Club on it. Um, I was scaling the group at over 100 members a month without even saturating the market. Uh, it, it was really absurd and a really cool experience to, to see that, like, okay, that that's really what solidified my passion in entrepreneurship because, you know, I was looking at people in the field that I wanted to go into 20 years down the line. Like, if I wanted to become a surgeon, which is something that was like, so inspiring to me my entire life, I would have had to go through an additional decade of training minimum. Uh, I would have had to put myself through, you know, late nights of having to all, all these different things, right? I'm not saying working hard is what I'm allergic to because I've had plenty of 20 hour hour work days in the past week. But um, it was kind of absurd at the time being, you know, 16 slash 17 years old and, and bringing in, you know, nearly seven figures annually of profit. Yeah, like let's my- let's address that elephant in the room, guys. I want to I want to vouch for the intelligence of this this dude, okay? Like a lot of people wouldn't say their age, wouldn't like express it because they'd be concerned that people wouldn't trust someone to actually run a business or run something at that young age. Let me tell you, I talked with him offline. He's smart. Like I I wish I could say different because <laughs> I wish I was as smart as him at his age. Um He's, he's, he's very, very intelligent for his age, uh, like shockingly smart, knows things that like literally 30 plus year olds still don't know. 40 people, 40 year olds don't even know. It's pretty funny. Like usually nobody can, like most people can't keep up. He definitely can keep up. He doesn't know everything, but he definitely knows enough to be like a 30 plus year old. So respect this guy's intelligence. So don't worry about his age. Don't worry about any of that stuff. He definitely is a really, really smart guy. So go ahead, man. Sorry about that. I just wanted to clear that up first. Yeah, no, much love, much love. Um, and yeah, no, I, I definitely realize my strengths and weaknesses, my my strengths and weaknesses, and try to hire accordingly. Um, like right now, for retro hunters, we have over like a team of fifty. Um, so kind of understand the points where I'm lacking and try to fulfill that through other, you know, strong, not smooth-brained individuals on our team. But uh, yeah, kind of as that crypto club pursued, crypto club grew, got into trading NFTs, um, you know, that euphoric phase where you'd mint something and it would 10x within 30 seconds. That that was like 
I, I don't know if many people were here around that time, but that's when I would say it was the peak of the bull market it was like middle slash end of 2021, where you could mint the most random rug pull and it would do a 20x in the span of 30 minutes. And no one would even know what was going on because no one knew how to sell and no one knew what they were minting and all this and that. So after that time frame, uh, around like September, December of 2021, entering into the new year, when every single fucking person and their mother wanted to make an NFT project. So that was the craze. Every news article was posting about how a 20 year old made $3 million in five minutes and this and that. Uh, there was like an influx of demand for people to market their projects and people seeing how I marketed a product in a, in a similar niche crypto club uh, were flooding to me in, in order for me to market their products. And thank God I didn't really take on any like management of marketing roles or any of these positions because my branding would have been tarnished as I'm sure you guys all definitely know people who have gone and slutted around and marketed tons of projects and are now like considered like mass rug pullers. But in that process, um, rather than kind of taking those opportunities, I made a rebuttal. It was just like, hey, I thank you for the request, but I'd like to keep my brain clean. I uh, would be more than happy to do like an advisory role because these people were like my friends at the end of the day. Uh, so at that time, I advised for like five plus projects and really started mapping out like the back ends of both NFT psychology, the, how these people think, how to market towards them. Uh, how to manage these businesses, right? How to manage a community, who to properly hire to manage a community, how to delegate this work so that you're not working 24-7 because that's what it takes to manage an NFT project. At the end of the day, an NFT project is literally just like a publicly traded startup. So after really knocking those things down, uh, it got to a point in my life where I was like, okay, this making money stuff is cool. It's not necessarily changing how I live on a day-to-day -day basis. I, I want to chase something different. I want to chase something bigger. I want to, I want to create something notable so that it's memorable and I want to scale a business and I want to sell a business and all, all these different aspirations started to come up. So really sat down with my best friend who's now at the time my co-founder um, and he's really like the yin to my yang. He's a ex-senior uh, engineer at Amazon. Uh, he literally dropped out of college um, to do some programming at Y Combinator startups, like all of this shit. Like this guy, if, you know, I'm marketing, he is tech, he's my CTO. And we created the concept of, of Retro Hunters. I've been a gamer my entire life. Uh, it's always been kind of my mental escape. And he used to develop indie games throughout college and all of this and that. So it kind of created the perfect storm. And at the time, and still is, right, there's a huge, 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 long-term opportunity within Web3 Gaming. At that time, it was more short-term, but come to current day, uh, Web3 Gaming is just like only a few people really have their eyes set on the prize, which in my opinion is asset ownership, and Yuga Labs is finally taking action on that. Um, but I think long-term, that's really what's, what's going to differentiate these Web3 projects, and I think that's actually going to be what brings in the masses if executed properly. Um, and yeah, let me just give a little rundown on retro hunters, and then I'll I'll kind of you know share the share the podium. I don't want to just be going on huge monologues, but yeah, I get it. Let me ask you a quick question before you do that. So you're you, you're talking about like you've been a gamer your whole life. Don't forget, you're really young still. So like your whole life, <laughs> like so 
like when you say that it, you just make sure you you know you know what you're saying like you know for the last you know 10 years i've been a gamer whatever it is like because you know when you were five you probably weren't playing games maybe you were i don't know maybe you i were. was on my i was on my ds at five years okay old. <laughs> i respect that i respect that so you can actually put a number to it so it doesn't seem you know like your whole life because when you're young people don't really don't really take that as you know what i mean i'm just trying to help like when we're like perfect the pitch here so yeah, man, that's great. And um, perfect. <laughs> yeah, and and question is, you said you have like fifty. You were you were advising for like other NFT projects. Like, is there any of those that you could actually say like name or, or are they mostly like? Because I just want to know if like any of them are still around or are they not around? Yeah. So one of the really annoying like double edged swords is that uh, I had like contracts and NDA signed with all of them, in which like post same. Yeah, I get it. Yep. And the double edged sword part of it is that like two of the projects that I worked on are still like running to this day and are like an ETH plus floor. And I'm like, fuck, like I can't claim my, you know, my affiliation with that. But then on the other side, right. Three of the projects, like the founders had no idea what they're doing. It turned out yeah. and they ended up just completely fucking failing. So like kind of like a double-edged sword and I'd rather just keep a clean slate at that. Yeah. Point. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I, I definitely, uh, of course I've definitely like talked about projects before uh, not being promoted by me. Um, just talked about them and they like went through the roof after like talking about them. And I had no idea, you know, like back in 2021 that people would like listen, like, Oh wow, this is a cool project. I really like, I really enjoy the art and this and that. And all of a sudden the thing minted out like overnight and I'm like, and they weren't, they like it had been minting for like a month and a half and they minted out like overnight after I like talked about it. And it was like, I had no idea that um, that would happen. And like I said, I wasn't giving anybody advice. So it's definitely an interesting scenario when you're like advising and helping people like, get the message out you know you just don't it's a it's their product so yeah go ahead man let's hear about retro hunter because i'm really curious on like what kind of a game this is because it kind of yeah. it kind of reminds me of um the uh what's that game called that the, i almost feel like spy hunter but is it like more is it, it see i just gonna that's totally totally gonna date me um is it more <laughs> is it more like that game that keanu reeves did recently like you know in the last like six years or whatever it's called that when that like had really big issues that, when it came out. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'll give a little like. Yeah, go ahead. Give us, a, give us, a, give us the sixty second rundown of this game, like what it does, like what you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Retro Owners is a Web three oriented gaming company. Uh, we really want to focus on Web three culture rather than just like solely focusing on product because we've seen so many Web three gaming projects come in solely focus on product and then go dry because no one gives a shit about that. Um, so Web three oriented gaming company uh, and the the genre of our game or a strategy oriented game we're creating an auto battler so you know you put your characters down on a board countdown goes down they battle you throw down power-ups etc really strategy oriented you can kind of predict where your enemies are i remember when we talked about this now it's a it's ai auto battlers i like it man i like this game i like the idea exactly yeah so that's kind of the, the the genre of the game um kind of some buzzwords for people to jump onto um you know we've been in game development for 11 months now, just around a year. Uh, we've been working with a contract-oriented game development studio. We haven't even shown our official game. If you go to the Retro Hunters account, um, all of the gameplay that's being shown, these are all mini-games that we've created just for whitelist distribution. Uh, and then just some you know, some other cool little facts. Uh, people on our team, you know, we have the lead designers from Netflix and Stranger Things. Uh, we have game designers from Smite, uh, so on and so forth. A bunch of other notable people in Web3 that are assisting us. Um, you know, one of our legal advisors uh, exited a publicly traded company that he was the CEO of for $1.7 billion. So our team, you know, as I mentioned previously, is kind of compiled of those minds that may 
pick up for what I lack in for, you know, kind of being early on in the game. Um, but besides that, uh, yeah, it, it, we went through a pre-seed venture capital fundraising round. We received like a $10 million valuation. And at the time we had no product, no screenshots, just an on paper concept, received that valuation. And rather than moving forward, we ended up kind of passing on with it after like four months of grueling fundraising because of just how much control these venture capital firms take, especially early on in like a pre-seed. You pretty much become an employer to your own company uh, with giving out, we were giving out less than 5% of our company. Uh, so rather than doing that, I was like, all right, fuck it. Uh, now's my time to be risky. I'm just going to bootstrap this, go completely out of pocket. Uh, so here we are today, um, completely out of pocket. And we have a series, a plan for the pipeline immediately after our mini. And yeah, so that's kind of like the, the top down view on the project. Yeah. I like it, man. It's, uh, this auto battler stuff. I just want to make sure people understand like how it works. So you program up a fighter like in a corner you basically say do this do that you know make all these moves and then you sit back and watch your fighter fight and it's like it's a lot like that robot wars if you guys have ever seen robot wars and they're like remote controls and they're like driving them around some of them are like autonomous and they just like attack each other it's like that but with like ai like fighters like in like ultimate fighting it's really really cool um so it's like to an extent it's it's like yeah. generally that concept but um, pretty much it's like you have a hero. The hero that you own is the NFT that you own. For example, we have 11 different base characters um, and they're all like different aesthetically. They, they unlock different strategies in game, et cetera, so on and so forth. And whatever hero that you own is the lead of your team. So you'll have that character every game. But beyond that, um, the only thing that you really control the, the AI of and stuff like that is the placement of your character on the board. For example, if you place your character in the back left, like it'll target someone different than if you put it in the front right. Um, and that's kind of the name of the game. Uh, and then beyond that, you're given like a list of all these other characters that you can choose from to assist your main character. So let's say, you know, there are different main characters. Some of them are squishy attack damage dealers. Some of them are tanks. Kind of utilizing those to your advantage in a sense and building your team around that. It's more of like a team building placement style strategy game, whereas like, not as much of like a Pokemon training your, your character. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I totally know what you mean. So when are you guys launching and like, what's the scoop on that whole, like that whole deal? Are you minting, are you actually minting NFTs as well or NFTs in this or? Yeah. So we, we actually like created a really cool like concept that actually isn't public yet. Um, so if anyone's listening to this recorded space, congratulations, here's some alpha, uh, <laughs> planning on releasing a thread soon. Once my, you know, my Twitter account is back up, but, um, <laughs> so, that sucks, dude. Sorry about it. Still, I mean, the, I was actually just DMing with face over here. That's up on our board, our panel here. And he's like, you know, sometimes it happens innocently and all that stuff. And I'm like, it does, man. I've seen a lot of people get banned recently. So, you know, don't feel so bad about it. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it now. Kind of just what's what, what are the next five steps? You know, what do I do now to exactly, fix it? Exactly, exactly. Um, but beyond that, you know, we, we plan on minting uh, relatively soon. Um, and when I say relatively soon, I know the NFT space moves super quick. Um, so soon, even in the NFT space, like very, very soon. Um, we're going to post out all of the information at least, you know, a couple of days in advance of so when we're minting, more information on our game, our white paper, et cetera. Um, and 
So yeah, we are minting out a first set of NFTs and these are going to be a mix of both finding our core community to move forward with and battle test our product, be kind of the foundation of our marketing and everything that we do in the future. Uh, that's something that Valhalla kind of planned. And I really think it's like a great outlook on the space is like, okay, you can look at these people as your customers or you can look at them as like the foundation of your business and they're going to be what propels you forward. So that's definitely the approach that we're using. But additionally, um, really using it as that proof of concept, uh, proof of interest, uh, et cetera, to then be able to kind of continue on with that Series A funding that's in our pipeline. And rather than being like, okay, like you guys are going to have to trust us that this concept is cool and that there's interest and we want to do it through a seed round, we can then be like, all right, we've already achieved this. Um, we now have all of the statistics, all of this data that there's interest. We have this many users. We have this many, this much revenue, like all this and that, to then be able to get just more of like liquidity providers to be able to scale what we're doing. Um, so yeah, the initial NFT that you meant acts as the character that you play, but here's where it's like the kind of fun part that would be like an initial addition of value. Uh, because initially we're going to mint and we're going to utilize those funds directly to scale the game development, onboard some more like senior game developers, uh, senior artists to really heighten the experience. Because right now the game's fully playable. It's in beta internally. But um, I'm a realist. Like I understand the expectations of the NFT, NFT space and I'm not going to reveal any sort of product that isn't ready. Uh, so I really want to enhance like the quality of everything prior to making it public and that whole process won't take more than like a month and a half max. So that's kind of what we're doing immediately after Mint. But in the meantime, since obviously I understand uh, kind of the psychology behind NFTs, if you go quiet for a month and a half, your project's dead, you're a rug pull. So to kind of combat that, make uh, inject some fun, and inject some incentive to release sell pressure, inject some activity into our ecosystem before our product's even made ready, we've already created these mini games. So my just kind of brainstorming, I was like, all right, what's a cool way that I can relieve sell pressure postman, as well as come up with a cool way to utilize these mini games that we've developed for X amount of months. And my mind immediately went to some sort of like skill based mechanism for the NFTs that you meant. Um, so just a really high, high end view looking at it is that immediately after mint, um, a staking portal is going to open, right? You can stake your NFT and it's going to be kind of like a, a stacking compounding system where the longer you stake it, the more of these arcade tokens you're going to get. These are off-chain, just really kind of like on paper things. You're not getting an ERC in your wallet. You're just claiming these off-chain things that are just interacting with our website. Uh, and from there, kind of just imagine like you're a person, you're walking into an arcade machine. What are the end goals of that arcade machine is you want the prize. How do you get that prize? You want you need to get tickets. How do you get those tickets? You need to win arcade games. How do you win arcade games slash play arcade games? You need to have the arcade tokens. So first step in that system is stake to get those arcade tokens. Next step would be play the games with those arcade tokens. So the longer you stake, the more tokens you have, the more plays you have on our system. And then from there, you're earning these tickets from playing the games, depending on how good you're playing, uh, etc. And then there's going to be a leaderboard of all the ticket holders. And Let's just use placeholder numbers for now. Number places one through 10 uh, on the leaderboard will have a 50% chance of getting a one of one and a minimum rarity of like 1%. Places 10 through 100 will have a 90% chance of getting a trait that has a 1% rarity or so on and so forth, right? This kind of concept. Um, and what this does is 
it targets the people that are in your project for a financial gain and is able to capitalize on them because it gets them these people that may have initially not cared about your project. They just see through the what you're building. They just want the hype. And what it does, it kind of locks them in. And it's like it makes them get some sort of external conviction, which is their time being spent. And ideally, the we're pretty much setting up a system that like the people that are flipping are the people that are active, the most active in the NFT space. So if these people are backing you long term, that's what sets up a very, very, very safe and ideal community, right? I'm a flipper, but I've held an Azuki for almost a year. Um, and the only reason for that was due to like the FUD and kind of like their community becoming stronger. So being able to convert kind of those flippers into long-term backers of your project is the ideal scenario. And making a system that targets them is what we're aiming to achieve through that because we're giving some sort of financial incentive to do an activity, right? If you grind and get top 10, you may get a one-of-one and that may allow you to sell that one-of-one or hold it or sell that one-of-one and re-enter into our ecosystem, all these different opportunities um, so that we could potentially kind of make these users more long-term supporters. Whereas the people that are already going to hold your project through the mint, through the reveal, because they back your vision, those people are going to be there already. Like you don't have to focus all of your attention on appealing to them off rip. Um, Whereas if you appeal to everyone else, those people are just going to become more and more excited because there's more people and more conviction with your project. So sorry, once again, long monologue, but yeah, that's okay. We want to know about this stuff, man. We've ne- first off, we've never talked to an account like yours. Like I said, everybody's like, Damn, I'm even getting tweets going, this guy's suspended. It's like, dude, we know we, we've been through that already. <laughs> so, um, let's, what is the mint price for your, when your project is live? So those variables are still TBA, um, mint supply and mint price. Uh, once again, like kind of circling back, I'm like a ultra realist when it comes to expectations, revenues, et cetera. And I know what would sell out a project and what would shoot us in the foot. So don't worry, I'm not going out there gunslinging and saying we're minting 10,000 pieces at 0.7 ETH. But uh, additionally, you know, I'm kind of waiting until I really get a better gauge on the market to go and set those um, price points and those variables because. Um, you know, wrong, one wrong mistake with that can ruin your project in the span of seconds. Yeah. It's also, I mean, just looking at the market, I mean, I would, I would be very hesitant to, to actually charge anything for an NFT project right now. It's a, it's a tough sell, even for some really like backed by super professional people in games. Like again, I, uh, I had a person I know, um, from the game industry on yesterday and she's, she's doing, um, the uh, she's doing like pet world or petiverse. Sorry. I think it's called petiverse. And it's like her first launch is like cats and stuff like that. And it's like VR or sorry, AR, AR ready cats. It's really amazing. Actually. It's an amazing project. And the price is a little, a little high, but not really high. I actually, it's like right in the wheelhouse of who she's going after. And man, she's having a hard time selling it right now because there's a, even though she has technology, that no one's seen before in this space, the way she's doing it. It's really brilliant. You know, everybody asks for innovation and you, you give them innovation and they're like, well, give me something to flip instead. You know, it's like, it's really what people want is something to flip. So the, the question is like, you know, there's people that do free mints kind of like, you know, I, I'm not saying that you should do a free mint. I'm just talking here, but people that do free mints. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's like this, 
this after effect that happens and like there's a different way to monetize. And if you have like a, like already venture capital, you don't really even have to charge a lot for your mint. You can actually charge such a, a negligible amount that it gets your project sold out in like very, very short amount of time. Um, and lets the flippers flip. And at the end of the day, you know, they might be your best distribution engine ever is the flippers, right? Even though we all say, Oh, we don't want flippers. We want, we want content people who want the NFT, who want the art, who want to stay in the project for a hundred years. And, uh, you know, it's just not the case. Like our space is made up of 90% flippers. It's just what it is. Right. So the thing is like, how are you going to make this mint and this drop and all that stuff like profitable for the, for, for the flippers? Right. Because that's who we're really marketing to. And if you talk to the right, and if you talk to the right people, if the right people vouch for this project, it sells out in no time. If the raw, if like the people, if people just stay silent and don't talk about your project, it won't mint out. You gotta, you gotta kiss the right rings and talk to the right people. And I'm just saying like, it's, it's not as easy as it was back in 2021 or the beginning of 2022. So, um, there's no question if you do not have the distribution here in this case to make this feeding frenzy of flippers happen, you probably won't mint out unless it's like I said, the price is low enough. Um, but I, you know, you don't have to listen to me. I mean, I, you know, every time I think I know the NFT space or the web three space, it's like up is down, left is right. You know what I mean? Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria over here. So it's a tough one, man. It is really, really tough to get this going, but it seems like you have the willpower to make it happen. And, um, what happens if the question is what happens if you don't mint out, right? Like what happens if, um, you know, will the game, when will the game be live? Let's pretend you don't mint out. Let's pretend you mint 500 of these things. Like, and that's it. When will the game actually be ready to go on day one? Or is it like day 365 or, you know, more than that? Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely versatile in the fact that like we've already created products, right? We've created these two mini games and we've integrated them within our website and all this and that. So worst case scenario is kind of just extending the time horizon of those ones to keep people active. Um, and then in that meantime, we're still going to be going through with that Series A that's in the pipeline. Obviously, the variables of that will change due to a successful or unsuccessful launch. Um, but, you know, depending on the success of the launch won't affect the um, direct product that we're providing of our official game, if that makes sense. Yeah. So are, do you actually have to hit specific numbers for your series in order to get that series a, so you have, um, how many, how, do you know how many NFTs you're actually, uh, you're going to release at least like, is it 10? Is it five? Is it, you know, 15,000? Is there a number associated? Oh, we, we, we have a ballpark range. It's, it's sub 10 K. Okay. Sub 10 K. So let's, so do, is there like a certain amount of those? Like, Hey, you have to mint at least 50% of these in order for us to consider a series a, or, is it more like mint the entire thing out shows you have like a lot of love and then we'll give you a series a. We haven't directly asked those questions, which are, I, I think would definitely be valuable to kind of gauge. I don't think they really like I, they're web three native to an extent. I don't think they're looking at like the exact supply and the exact flipping rate and all that stuff. Um, but it's more of kind of just, we've spoken to multiple venture capital firms Um so those direct variables may not affect it as much as I'm expecting or may expect or may affect it much more. Right. So yeah. Traction, uh, traction is what VCs are always looking for. Right. 
So at the end of the day, like they're going to be like, there's got to be some KPIs. They're like, Hey, you have to hit this, this, and this for us to take yeah. you seriously. Cause anybody can be like, I'm launching a game. It's going to do this. I have a bunch of mini games already, but I'm really want to go for this like fighting game. And it's going to take me cause games are not easy. Like, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of frameworks out there. You can just build off of like unreal and, and unity. And they have some like cool frameworks. You can then reskin stuff like that. But like when you're launching a game game and it's like a new concept and there's no like framework you're building from like, that's a tough one. That's all I'm saying. Like if you're, if you got to hit certain KPIs and you're looking for like venture a venture raise, I would definitely find out what those KPIs are if you don't know them yet. And, um, you know, figure out like how to hit those KPIs for them. Because that's way better than like wondering, wondering like what, what the series A guys are going to be looking for. And it's literally, it's just, it's traction. At the end of the day, I hate this. I hate to say the word, but it's such a cliche, but it is traction. They're going to be like, yeah, how big is your audience? How much do they respond? And you know, like not only that, but what's the top of the funnel look like middle and the bottom of the funnel who's buying. Cause at the end of the day, you can have like a million social impressions, right? off of this one tweet. But if you have like one person mint off of million social impressions, that's kind of like a red flag to not kind of invest. So that's all I'm saying. It's all about KPIs. And that's like worst case scenario, of course, obviously that's not going to happen, but uh, you know, that's just how I think about things. Can I say, can I say my opinion? No, you can't yet. Thanks, man. Put your hand up if you have a question though. Appreciate that. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, man, you have an, this is interesting. Tell, can you tell us a little bit more about like the, the mini games real quick? Yeah. So they're actually both fully playable for free on our website right now. If you go to retrohunters.io and you click and you, there's, there's a big old button that's screaming at you saying play now. If you click that, um, there's two options at the bottom. It says play for free now and you can click either of the two logos or you can create an account and compete in the one that's currently competing, which is our don't look back game. Um, but they're both kind of lore building competition oriented games. Um, for example, in 26 hours, we're launching our, uh, cross community tournament. So all of these communities, we have right around hundred communities that have signed up, you know, undergrounds, Azuki's crypto gorillas community, et cetera. Um, and all of these communities are competing for rewards from our project. Um, and they're all playing our game. They'll have a 24 hour time frame to get high scores on our game their high scores accumulate to represent their team. And, and yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of go through and describe the genres of our game. So first one we released was Retro Brawl, which is kind of like a Tekken Street Fighter style brawler game utilizing the characters in our lore and ecosystem. And it was like a huge success. We had over 65,000 people playing at our after like a five five day time frame. And uh, it's like it was so funny seeing all the people in our discord like oh fuck this character it's so good like it's so bad or like this character is the best character ever like i want to mint this character so badly like i'm gonna do whatever i can to mint this character so kind of giving them that emotional connection to our ip prior yeah to- i like i like that dude nice nice work yeah. yeah that sounds good so far question what is your what's your daus or your daily active users and your like monthly active users on that game and how long has it been out or those games have been out yeah, so that one was only available for five days, and then it got uh, the the competition was available for five days. So pretty much the system is similar to how I explained the last one, where you sure. know you imagine you walk into an arcade, you earn tokens, you use those tokens to play with tickets, and then there's a leaderboard of the tickets. But in order to earn tokens with this one, it's an engagement oriented system. So like in order to earn tokens, you have to do things like follow our Twitter account, uh, retweet X tweet. 
uh, do this task, like all of these different items to earn tokens. So all of these people that were playing our game that we had to over 65,000 plays on all had to do those tasks. Um, so within that time frame, that five-day time frame, uh, there was 65,000 plays, which meant 65,000 tokens had to be used, which meant, you know, there are all these different social interactions that helped us, you know, achieve a monumental growth period for that time frame. So we took like a month and a half downtime where we were like really collecting that data, analyzing it, and maximizing our next product to really push it even further. So currently this one has been available for two days and um, we're at around 13,000 plays. So daily active users, I guess you could say, is around like 3,000 because on average each person has played it two times. Um, and each session lasts around three to six minutes. Um, so that's kind of like the info we've gone right now. I haven't had the time to really sit down and break it down just because ever since the release, I've been like so active and like keeping everything up to date that I haven't been able to really sit back and analyze the data. But um, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. And, and one thing that like is a bit annoying that I can't like immediately clarify for everything is that uh, our engagement ratios on Twitter kind of all seem a little wonky, but it's due to that system, right? Because the first thing that it prompts you to do is like and retweet a tweet. So it's similar to something like, let's say, Digidigaku or um, Momoguro, where everyone is liking and retweeting these things to get access to some sort of benefit. Um, and it's kind of our way of you know, spreading that fire in a mass way. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I love the, the, uh, the tools you're using for virality because it definitely pretty much you know, guarantees you get a lot of social, free social impressions. So that's definitely smart. I like the way you incentivize and uh, the, to, how is the, how are the tokens? Like, where's that liquidity pool coming from to like, you know, people are earning tokens. You said, is it to like level up in the game that are the tokens used to like, like, or are they actually something you can like cash out and like make money from? Yeah. So these are off chain. There's no liquidity pool attached to them. You're just earning these tokens as the, like the, the economy is just based around these tokens to play these mini games, got it, got it. tickets and then get on the leaderboard. So yeah, the leaderboard, that makes sense. Yeah. The leaderboard is a top 500 leaderboard. And if you place on that top 500 leaderboard after like all of our events conclude, you'll immediately be whitelisted. So at, during the last day of our previous game, it was really crazy. We went from 4,000 total games played to 66,000 in the span of like 24 hours. Like I made a tweet. I don't know if I can pin it because I'm suspended, but um, <laughs> you cannot pin it. I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> on the last day uh, of our that, game. To me, I'll pin it for you. You can't, you can't do it. No, I, one, can, no one can yeah, send anything. Anyway, yeah, keep going. Keep the, going. On the last day of our event, um, I like tweeted and I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, there's fucking 500 people playing this game per minute right now. Like it was actually absurd. Um, so yeah, the, the virality concept definitely like really came to fruition in that last second when there's like a time crunch on these people, right? Because when they hear they have six days to do it, they're like, oh, okay, I'll check it out a couple days from now. But when there's two hours left, it's like, oh shit, play right now, let me get my whitelist. So it was a really cool concept. And um, back then we kind of used it as a way to test. And now we're kind of using it as a way to gather that momentum back to then move forward with our content reveal for our official game. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. So the tokens are used in game, like an in game economy. It's not actually used, so you can like cash it out and like make ETH off of this, which is good. So it's not really play to earn. It's play to earn in game, like kind of like in game tokens that'll level you up and stuff like that, which is really, I think it's more interesting. 
You know, like I think that's definitely a good way to do things. Um, still interested in like the, obviously the daily and monthly active users. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm a games guy also. So I'm, I'm I was completely, um, you know, all the games I ever released mobile social or, you know, DLC or triple a games. Like it was all about like who was using it and how long and you know, what's the lifetime value, all that stuff. So like, those are the metrics that I care about. And I'm sure that's, those are the metrics everybody's going to care about too, eventually. So that's awesome. I'm going to go to hands because I got to wrap this up within like the next five minutes. I, I have another space I was supposed to be on already. Fiddy, I'm going to I'm gonna let Fiddy go first. I know um, Draws was first, but, you know, he's got an ape over here. So apes apes get priority. Go ahead, Fiddy. Um, yeah, Draws, thank you for trying to help Nick. Uh, so Nick is uh, somebody I've known since he was like 14. He lives down the street from me. Um, I was at his house last night. I think his mom was trying to kick me out because he said it's too late to have friends over. <laughs> and that was pretty yeah, funny. That's definitely. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. She's like, I believe it, dude. I believe it. It's, cre- it's creepy, man. It's creepy. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but one thing that I just want to give you a little backstory. His, so his, his father is very successful. His mom's very successful. They're very smart people. His mom, you know, actually gives cooking lessons to the Kardashians. I mean, very smart family. And him and his brother are both really overachievers. And he has been working on this thing for so long, and I've been watching him, you know. And I usually don't support or back projects unless I know who the people are. You guys know me. I don't care about projects. I care about people. And that's why I want to help him with his account today. I don't know what the hell happened. But um, the whole conversation about selling out and not selling out, I don't think this is going to be an issue in this case because he is connected with so many different people, like like where I had to work really hard to, like, you know, find my space here. I mean, he's already working with like, you know, these like ninja type of people that are gamers. And so these guys are, I mean, I see his texting and his, if you saw his interactions, you know, three, four, 500 people that are just interactive. And he's got some great people working with him. So I don't think the whole sellout, not sellout is going to be an issue. Um, I think the biggest problem he's going to have is if he's going to want to sell it for 10 million, 15 million or stay attached to it. Because they're, he's being humble and he also doesn't know how to speak in a way yet where he understands how big this thing is. I mean, nobody has got a great game. And if you look at projects, you're saying stuff doesn't sell out, but then, you know, go look at checks, go look at owls, go look at um, uh, that Digi Daiku stuff. Um, look at Digi, uh, Digi Daiku. Is that what you're talking about? Look at the sewer passes. Look at, look at the havening. People are still wanting quality. And I think, you know, I got to give them praise for wanting to bring some quality in the space than a bunch of crap that people want to flip because those are not the people you want to play with. Those are not the people you want to cater to because none of those people make money. None of those people do anything but FUD after a while because you don't pull into a gas station and say, nice Lambo, how'd you get that? Oh, I flipped a couple of NFTs. No, that doesn't happen that way. So if you are 18 years old like he is and he's trying to really infuse the investment mindset in you because he has an investment club and he's, you know, he made a million dollars by the time he had 17 years old. So I don't think he's going to have any problems. I think he's doing the right thing by not sharing too much. I think he's being very humble. But let me just tell you, there, there's a guy named Paul that, that's on his board. I mean, this guy sold the company for, what is it, a billion dollars? Uh, and he's on the board. So it's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of how hard this thing goes. That, that's how confident I am about this project. Yeah, that's great. Again, I mean, I, I wouldn't ever say that I'm, I'm going to guarantee a mint out for sure in this space. Even with checks, checks was an outlier. The guy who did checks actually did like four or five projects before that and it didn't do anything. So there's, and also checks kind of, the reason why checks minted out was because it was like seven bucks each. Um, so there was also that. So don't forget like what you're comparing it to. Um, and the right people, 
you know, the right people, you know, sometimes vouch for like projects, man, you know, it gets on the right people's radars and, you know, some people get paid to like promote it and things like that, that you're not aware of. And that's what, that's, I mean, that's how it works. So yeah, I hope, I hope he, you know, so far, man, like I said, I, I talked to him offline. Seems like a wicked smart kid. I'm a big fan of that. The question is, again, when it comes down to it, those mini games, got to find out like, yeah, it was only open for five days. I would actually maybe open it back up, maybe token gate it, play like get some data behind like your, your, uh, your mini games, right? Use those, use the data from the mini games to raise your series a or to, you know, somehow, you know, do friends and family raise so that you're not reliant on the, the mint funds. The only, the only thing you're reliant on the mint funds is for is to like fund, you know, you need like run business operations and stuff like that and make sure that it's, you have just enough to do that. Burn rates is going to be, you know, high when it comes to games. So when, when the first, like the first game minus the mini games, which by the way is amazing, by the way, amazing for retention, you know, tactical retention is great. So the question is why, why people wait for the main game? Is there a, is there a timeline for the main game? Yeah. So the timeline is like an estimated just for like enhancements of the game. Right. Cause we're just like, really emphasizing the 3d because it's a, a cartoon it's like a cartoon stylized 3d game so yep. the artwork takes like a, a while to do it's already done we just are really enhancing all those assets to make them a lot more visually appealing uh right really making the fluidity of the game a lot smoother um those those estimations right now are in the range of like one one and a half to two months maybe um so you're you're, having, you're gonna have a playable game right in like three or four months would you say yeah at the most Correct. Yeah. That's and awesome. So that's the, that is awesome. So that's something that and even in people, that process, there's beta testing too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, which is by the way, a great thing to do as well. I'll release it to beta. So people understand that it's going to be a little buggy here and there. And they actually have some patience with everybody. Just so you know, AAA games that it would cost 20, $25 million to develop have beta periods and they totally suck for like the first, like, couple of months sometimes you know like there's always bugs and it's better to like find out the bugs from the players because you'll be able to really you'll be able to realize like the 90 percent of your bugs can be fixed by people playing and then saying hey this happened and then you have like nine out of ten people saying the same thing that's the bugs you squash first so i like i like where you i like where you're going with that the timeline because you've already been working on it sounds fine like i just you know games usually take a lot longer but it seems like you've been working on this way before um, the game was, you know, the game's going to be released. It's not like you're going to start working on the game once you mint out. It's the game's already been worked on, and then you get you get on from there. So yeah, no, like the entire foundation of the of the product has been built out for the past year, and I it's it's weird to say that without showing anything. Um, and I know that, and we're changing that within the next couple of days. We we created uh trailers using our in-game assets and just like are completely putting a visual to what i've been saying for the past few months so that's kind of gonna be our big like proof of work is those um actual full-on like gameplay trailers that are coming out very soon cool i got five more minutes here guys so let's keep if we do ask more questions um let's keep them short because i only literally have five minutes we can actually let your neck to actually answer the questions as well i'm gonna go with ruben next because ruben also takes priority okay. over um wow. draws because draws made a sound gonna, effect gonna, draws made a sound effect earlier and uh this is me also doing nepotism because ruben's my friend and i've actually hung out with him before in real life so go ahead ruben that's how nepotism works guys all right uh, <laughs> all right I'll, I'll take it um 
Okay, so on a scale of one to ten, how rad do you think it would be if somebody bought a meteorite and chop it up into little tiny little pieces and um, cut them into guitar picks Bro. and took a QR Bro, code? Where are you going with this, man? Where are you going with this? Put, hear me out. Hear me out. Put QR codes on them and then um, made like a limited mint edition where you can get a guitar pick from space. Yeah. And how much not, do you think that would go for? Not related to this conversation. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Draws. It's kind of NFTs, right? Go ahead, Roz, with your question, man. Yo, uh, Nick, I wish I could follow you because I have a super dope concept for a game, a play-to-earn game. But um, your account, I, I looked it up, I searched. Uh, there's tons of fake accounts that are using YRN, Nick, and they're probably tweeting out phishing links and stuff. They're pretending to be NFT accounts. So I would report those from your account and then reach out to Twitter and offer like some sort of like verification, whether it's ID or like your emails or phone numbers, like verify your account as far as you can and reach out to them and say like, yo, these are all fake accounts. I'm the real one. Thanks. That's what's going Thanks, on. Draws. Do you have a question for him or are you just giving him a, some feedback on Twitter? Yeah, I, actually, I, I guess my question would be, um, well, not, I guess, but my question is, uh, have you thought of rolling out like a formal tournament to help, um, raise awareness around, uh, around this, like on Twitter? So that like there's uh, like a competition or something that's going on with a leaderboard um, publicly, not just in game or in Discord, but like somewhere public where people can keep up to date with it, and you can have Twitter Spaces to like announce the next stage in the tournament. Um, to an extent, our approach is a bit more like guerrilla faster paced in terms of marketing. Um, it is kind of targeted to kind of the people that follow us. Um, but then through the strategy that we have implemented it, it's like all of the ways to play the game and compete harder or like liking and retweeting and sharing our tweets around, uh, it does eventually get the word out and like alpha groups are painting about it and stuff like that. But draws on that topic. Um, uh, I don't want to hold Lucas up too long, but the, I think the reason why I got suspended, well, I, I don't think I'm pretty sure it says this because, uh, it says it in a note, but. A couple of days ago before we released our website, I was creating a bunch of uh, like burner Twitter accounts to test um, these mechanisms on our website. So I was like, I would use my email and then at the end of my email, I would do like plus X number. And that makes it so Twitter doesn't flag it immediately so you can create as many accounts as possible in one email. So I was doing that and yeah. Yeah, go. that's for sure it combined with what I said. Yeah, so... That's Good why I kind of haven't like jumped the gun on opening up a support ticket because I don't know if they like track my IP and they know that I was just making a bunch of accounts. Um, yeah, so just tell I, them what it was for and tell them that you're the real one. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, good times. Anybody else have any other questions for Yernick before we wrap this one up? I got like one of those boil the ocean questions, which lasts a million years to answer. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's the right time. You you already had okay, your, you, you shot your shot with your meteorite guitar pick question, bro. Like really, hit me up in the DMs for that one next time. All right, guys. You know, hey, your neck. I'm sorry I had to cut this short, but you know, we it is what it is. But um, you know, it was great having you up here, man. I really hope you do well. I want to know more and more. I want to see the mini games up, and I want to see those. Uh, DIUs and monthly active users and stuff like that. So we can actually like tie some real metrics to, you know, possible, you know, the success moving forward. And I, I know from being in, in games that, that that's actually the numbers that everybody cares about. Um, and also like 
don't say, um, you know, play to earn or anything like that, because these days like play, play to earn is kind of like, uh, you know, kryptonite to the uh, NFT space and, and also just the Web3 space, which is gaming space in general. People look down on for some reason play to earn, which is fine. Just know like which which stuff to say and which stuff not to, which you definitely did not say that today. So respect. And like I said, I hopefully like I think this is going to be really successful just because you're a really smart dude. And even if it like your initial launch doesn't go as well as you think it's going to do, I think you're you're smart enough to pivot. You know what I mean? Like you have the intelligence and stuff like that. Like I said, talking to you offline proved that to me. So, man, I really hope you, I wish you nothing but success, man. So, again, thanks for being on the show today. Um, thanks for, you know what I mean? Like, br- you know, bringing good awareness to like gaming in the space and doing it, doing gaming actually in a unique way, man. I think this is really going to go well. So, uh, again, thanks for coming on and sharing your knowledge at such a young age, man. Much love, Lucas. Thanks so much for, for the opportunity. And I'm glad I was able to show up even with a, broken twitter account so me too man that's exciting yeah, that's, i i'm gonna brag to everybody there's someone on my spaces today that was like suspended account and they were still on audio so <laughs> even though draws didn't get a lot of love he just get you some good feedback on how to get that account back so lucas give, give some love to draws yeah so anyway um that's our show for today i appreciate everybody coming around thank you very much for being in the audience and uh, i couldn't do this without you guys and also all the good speakers that came up here um, even Ruben with his meteorite question. We still love you, brother. And, uh, that's our show for today. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in guys. Talk to you thanks, guys. Brother. Yeah. Th- again, thanks for tuning in everybody. I couldn't have done it without you. And from your saying this earlier, our go, our outro is, uh, related to hustlers. Grit my teeth, spray to every nigga's gone. Got my block sewn on my dope spot. Last thing I sweat, so suck a punk cop. Move like a king when this I move exactly like this rapper. Try to flex, bang, another nigga drop. You gotta deal with this, cause in the way out. Why? Cash money ain't never gonna play out. I got nothing to lose, much to gain. In my brain, I got a capitalist migraine. I gotta get paid tonight. You motherfucking right, thick in my grip. Check my bitch, keep my game tight. So 